Hi, welcome to Naval Gazing on valleyindy.org and 103.5 WNHH, New Haven's community radio station. Today's episode is brought to you by Valley Gives Back, a new initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Adding a charity to your estate plan creates a legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you during your life. Your action inspires others to follow your lead and to make a difference. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact your community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. For more information, visit valleygivesback.org. The Valley Gives Back is an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation, connecting private philanthropy to the long-term public good of the Valley. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow. Valleygivesback.org. Hello there. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll. Yes, we are sponsored by The Valley Gives Back. Go to valleygivesback.org to learn about a new initiative from the Valley Community Foundation. And basically, it's a way to uh, support nonprofits and anything that you care about locally. There'll be a ad so you can listen again in the middle of this podcast. Also, thank you to the Bad Slugs for that opening tune we've been using for a while now. It's called Ride the Dinosaur. It's about the newspaper industry, journalism in general. <clears throat> Excuse me. So today on the podcast, this is the first one we recorded in 2018. Happy New Year to everyone. And uh, obviously this is solo. I'm recording this in my kitchen in Derby without Ethan Fry, who's busy trying to track down stories today. But anyway, the guest is David Leonard, Derby resident, Long-time Derby firefighter, Storm Engine Ambulance Corps member, former Board of Aldermen, and he runs, former member of the Board of Aldermen, sorry, he wasn't the whole Board of Aldermen, he was one member of representing the second ward where I live. And he has a podcast called Two Dudes Talking Disney, which we've had on and mentioned in a couple of previous podcasts. I love the fact that there's other local podcasts and I'd love to feature more, so if anyone out there is doing their own podcast, let me know. Contact us uh, through valleyindy.org or facebook.com, Valley Independent Sentinel. It's very easy to get in contact with us. Our contact information is literally listed on everything we publish. So spoiler warning, spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Dave is a massive Star Wars fan, and today we're going to be talking about The Last Jedi our reaction to the movie. I know we're a little late on this, but I think you need time to let the movie kind of uh, uh, settle in, go into your consciousness, you know, like the force, I guess. So, but I, I, I'm going to delay it a little bit because I just don't want people, This it's going to be, spoiler, like turn it off, turn, don't stop, don't listen. 
if you don't want to hear any major, major spoilers from The Last Jedi. Because we're going to be talking about everything in the movie and uh, what it meant to us and where we think it's leading, what we like, dislike, that sort of stuff. But before we get to that, I thought I would take a moment. I never do this. And trigger warning, it's a reporter expressing his opinion. If that bothers you, again, if you don't like reporters expressing their opinion, click stop. If you don't want Last Jedi spoilers, click stop. I can't emphasize that enough. But we just got back from a vacation. We, Ethan and I took five days off, you know, plus the weekend and I guess on New Year's Day. So six business days during the uh, Christmas break there. And uh, I have a son, he's seven, and a daughter who's four. And they, they both watch a lot of YouTube. And it's a new experience for me. You know, I'm 43. Of course, YouTube really wasn't a thing. I, I mean, I've been using YouTube since it launched, but... Uh, you know, old people like me, I use used YouTube primarily as a place to just put my videos for work. Like the Valley Indie used YouTube right off the bat because I didn't want to mess around with like I, our server capacity for doing videos. I knew I wanted to do a lot of videos when we launched in 2009. YouTube was a place to just store the videos. Like, you know, I wasn't an active participant. I didn't think of myself as a content creator. Uh, but the way children use YouTube now is completely different. You know, when I was growing up, we had Saturday morning cartoons, and they were all awful. You know, I'm a child of the 80s. If you go back and watch G.I. Joe, it's, that's a terrible cartoon. There's this new documentary on uh, Netflix, The Toys That Made Us, and I, I was really sort of disappointed in it. I mean, you know, the He-Man cartoon, I guess there's nostalgia now. There's a whole booming industry, and maybe this is indicative of how we're going insane as a nation. But, you know, you go to these conventions now and, and He-Man from the 80s is now sold to people my age. You know, kids have no interest in it, but the nostalgia nostalgia drives so much. Uh, but my point being, they were just awful cartoons. But now, instead of the Saturday morning cartoons, YouTube's become the TV channel. You know, that's their network. Uh, but it's just kind of, it's the Wild West out there because you've got, in my opinion, from what I experienced on there, you have just bots and algorithms. I mean, IT guys are, are, are not known for their, I don't know, those are, they're not personable people, and they control the world now. You know, I mean, you deal with your IT guy, it's never pleasant, right? Uh, and so there's this, the, you know, the robot effect on YouTube when it comes to children's programming is, is downright scary as a parent, you know? Uh, I sound like a, I feel like a hypocrite because I was sort of raised watching whatever. I think I saw the I saw the Road Warrior. I'm the youngest of five brothers, right? So my older brother, I don't know, he's got like 15 years on me. Uh, so you know, if they went to go see the Road Warrior in 1983, which they did, they brought me with them, you know, and I saw the Road Warrior in the movie theater when I was in third grade, and it scared the bejesus out of me. But I also was it was I loved it. It was thrilling. So, uh, you know, I'm saying all this because over the vacation break, my son watches the Paul brothers, Jake and uh, Logan, Jake and Logan Paul. And, uh, you know, Logan Paul, who's, I guess, the, he's the older and more popular of the two. And these guys are both in their early 20s. <clears throat> he had this video where uh, I just happened to see Jack. He, Jack got excited because uh, Logan Paul had posted a new video 
and Jack happened to see it on YouTube 45 seconds after it had been posted. Uh, at least that's what it said on the little video counter measurement thing. So he turns it on, and I just happen to be watching over his shoulder, and there's this warning at the beginning, and I believe that the headline of it was something like, we, we, we saw a dead body. And I'm like, what? And sure enough, I took the computer from Jack, and I watch it, and I'm like, I don't know if it's a prank, because you know they're known for being, they're, they're kind of like Bush League jackasses, which is amazing to say after all these years, but they're like Johnny Knoxville combined with like the uh, uh, you know the uptight frat from Animal House. You know they're not so much Bluto. They're they're kind of this weird Kevin Baconish character from uh, you know real real bro real fraternity type guys uh, who do dumb things. So, but yeah, they, they, I'm sure you've read about the controversy for now. They, they go into this, uh, this place in Japan, you know, nicknamed the, the Suicide Forest, and it's been a, a subject of a bunch of crappy movies over the last couple of years, crappy horror movies, and it was a subject of a, you know, hipster vice documentary, uh, you know, so it, it, they filmed a, a person who had committed suicide, you know, uh, Allegedly, you know, you always got to throw that in there now because we can't. We now it's with the internet and digital media and the way our world and country is, we have to qualify everything as I didn't see it with my own eyes. I didn't feel the bodies, uh, you know, the cold skin of the corpse. I'll just say it looked like, and they were presenting it as, though they blurred out the 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 person's face, a person who had who had committed suicide. And I don't, you know. I didn't watch the video from that point on, you know, I kind of fast forwarded to the end. I was looking for the big reveal. Ha ha, gotcha. But apparently, no, they, they played this as, as of this recording was all, all played as real. And I reported it immediately to, to YouTube because you know, obviously that's objectionable content, you know, like I was really angry that my kid clicked on the video so easily and could suddenly be exposed to, uh, you know, a corpse and not so much that he's just being exposed to a corpse. All right, you know, there's he's got to encounter death, but in a Logan Paul video, like what? This is like you know, if Bugs Bunny suddenly, you know, you're watching Bugs Bunny and suddenly it turns into a porn. You know, that's not the way these programs. You know, there used to be standards, and anyway, it was just very frustrating to me. And I reported it through the the the, the Valley Indie uh, YouTube account. You know, you file a little complaint. Uh, my personal YouTube, a third YouTube channel that I have access to, I, I, I reported it, and nothing happened, and it was up for what seemed like, I kept going back to it, I'm like, wow, this is something, if I put that on the Valley Indie Facebook page, there would be a meltdown, you know, at times, I've left comments, like somebody drops an F-bomb, or maybe say, says something racist, on our, either our site, valleyindie.org, or our Facebook page, and I've left it up overnight, because I sleep, it's the truth. Sometimes I miss things. And I've had people, things have been up for, for four hours overnight, literally from, from say 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. I get up and I have, you know, you, you're horrible. How dare you allow that? You are ruining the valley. And I just, oh, okay. And I, I take it down. Now, I've never shown, I've never like laughed at a corpse that, you know, I've come across in the woods or, or we've never gone to a suspected suicide and taking pictures and then, you know, reported on it just willy-nilly. 
And yet this thing was on YouTube for hours, it seemed. I don't. I was just trying to track it. Like, when are they going to do something about this? And I kept searching Google being like, "Where? Th there's got to be outrage at this. This is actually something legitimately to be outraged against. And eventually it came. Uh, there was a big backlash and it made every, every media outlet yeah, in the world, you know, it made international headlines because this guy is that popular on YouTube. And, you know, he apologized and he did the thing you always do. You, you, you know, you, nowadays you do the, the heartfelt look into the camera, get a little teary-eyed and do your apology. Uh, but it just made me think, like, what in the heck is going on with children's programming specifically? Because what, what really bothered me about this, among, among many things... This is a guy, his, you know, you watch his videos and his brother, his little brother's videos, and they'll be literally kids. They look like middle school aged kids. Maybe they're freshmen in high school. I don't know. They, I can't, I'm not a good judge of age. They look like they're anywhere from 10 to 14. They're, they're like background dancers in the videos. Like clearly his demographic or their demographic, the Logan brothers, are little kids. Uh, you know, I don't know why, what, why kids find them so appealing. My son loves the guy. Like, and he, I don't even know how he first found out about, oh, I kind of do. He would watch these YouTube videos and one of them mentioned this Logan Paul guy and that and he, he would click on that and suddenly he became part of the low gang, uh, in a way. But they have no, you know, they have no respect for their audience from what I've watched. And I've watched a lot of these videos. Uh, you know, they'll drop F-bombs and songs. So you have guys that are appealing to kids. Target demographic is clearly minors. And yet the, the, the content's adult and YouTube, that just goes through. You know, I don't, everyone rails about the mainstream media. Mainstream media is evil. They're the enemy. They need to be undermined. I, I read that every day from the President of the United States to a guy that was in my wedding party. Yet, the mainstream media is not going to go out and just randomly film a suicide like that and throw the picture on the front page just to throw it on there. There's, I, in, at least everywhere I worked, and I worked for the, the corporate media. I was, you know, you don't report on suicide unless it involves a public person or it happens in a public place, and there's kind of no way around it. One of our most read stories last year was a brief about a body found in Osborndale. A person, we were told, committed suicide. We didn't pursue it once we were told that. And yet, Logan Paul just poops that video out there, gets seen by millions, including children, where is YouTube? I don't understand. What, you know, the robots have taken over and they're not doing a good job. There's no internal editorial processes. There's no editors. But that's, you know, that's what's ruling the world right now. The Evening Sentinel went away in the 90s. We've tried to replace it in name, but we're a two-person nonprofit because people rather watch Corpses in the Woods hosted by Logan Paul. And I, I just find that to be a problem and I don't understand what to do as a father it concerns me yeah I can just and, and please say what you will about me allowing my kid to watch these videos go ahead because that's what the internet does too please judge me and leave comments about how, how horrible I am for not taking personal responsibility but I saw a tweet so I, I've complained a lot well I'm recording this and they're just Route 8 is just 
as of this morning, has there's, there's been a crash like every half hour. That's what that beep was. So, but I, I found this guy on Twitter, and his name is Ed Petri. And my original plan now was to have him on because uh, I wanted to talk to him about some of the, the, the he, he had this thread on Twitter, just a bunch of thoughts reacting to this Logan Paul debacle. Then it turns out he's in England and he's like a legitimate actor and, and, and like presenter over there in England. What, I don't know what a presenter is. I guess he's like Pat Sajak of, of England and there's no way he would do this podcast, so I didn't even try. But he said, having spent 12 years working in kids TV, first at Nickelodeon and the CBBC, which I guess those are the Nickelodeon, the, the, he was the British version and then and, and children's British broadcasting over there in the England. And seeing the thought and care that goes into providing content for young people there need to be some serious questions asked about how YouTube functions. I agree. Ed Petri, and he's at uh, twitter.com slash Ed Petri. That's E-D-P-E-T-R-I-E, just to give full credit. Twitter.com Ed Petri. Then he says, a good start. On their YouTube Kids app, they should vet every video before it is posted instead of taking things down in retrospect after they get complaints. Amen. The thing about YouTube, it's just this place where these content creators keep making mistakes with their programming. Things that are like wholly inappropriate. Go search Elsa fart videos if you want to have some fun on YouTube. Uh, it's just, a, there's no internal, there's no editorial process. They need a little mainstream media. Get infected a little bit. By the mainstream media. There are some, go watch that Washington Post video where the whack job from that Mamaroneg group of Project Veritas tried to uh, 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 trick that reporter. Uh, and I don't care how you feel about the Washington Post and the New York Times. Just just watch that and watch how that reporter handled that situation. There was, there's a little bit of craft involved there. All reporters have their personal opinions, but if you had any good mentor or you came up through any good system, you kind of learned how to do A, B, C, and D, and, and how to deal with things a little bit. So you don't just post insanity out there. And none of these YouTube channels, from what I see, really have that. Or if they do, they're boring and no one wants to watch them, I guess. Because I saw one, one reaction to this was about how the mainstream media always just you know wants to silence the YouTubers and they want to hold on to their... Well, that's Come on, have some standards. Or learn some standard. Learn about ethics. Always question yourself, right? I mean, that's the best thing about journalism. I used to think it was covering, uh, uh, you know, insanity and questioning the powerful and kind of ego-driven stuff. Nah, the really the best thing about being a reporter is that every day you question your own belief system. And man, that is, I find that to be healthy. So anyway, on their YouTube Kids app, they should vet every video. This is uh, Twitter.com Ed Petri again. Or maybe it's Petri. I don't know. On their YouTube Kids app, they should vet every video before it's posted instead of taking things down in retrospect after they get complaints. It will cost them more money, but they will make a lot of money. And with that comes responsibility. He continues, they are such a large provider of children's content. Now they should start looking at the way the rest of us do things and learn a thing or two. Yes, exactly. If you have kids like I do, they're probably watching YouTube, right? I mean, it, YouTube now, is, it's the new television for, for the kids, for the young people. 
And then he kind of says, I mean, can you imagine the outcry if the BBC or the children's BBC gave presenters a platform to show kids footage of suicide victims? Yeah, and that's really what happened. It's a kid's channel, and they're showing a victim of suicide. It's insane. And then he says, please retweet if you agree. And I did. So I just thought those are those were interesting because I saw a lot of people out there on the Twitterverse because I I live on the internet. Unfortunately, my job is online, uh, and I actually get a lot of insight from these YouTubers to see how they organize their channels and and how they promote themselves and and what they do, uh, so we can learn. You know, because I'm an old man operating a news site, a local hyper local news site. You know how hard it is to get people to read our content? It's extremely difficult. These guys know what they're doing in terms of uh, how to get people to watch and, and not necessarily always clickbait, but the patterns, they, they, they just, just it goes to like the way they organize their page, which I just, you know, it, it's all about transitioning from viewing YouTube as a place to just store your videos to actually, oh, I can, that's a YouTube channel. Because nowadays, you know, it's, our, our, our stuff reaches more people on a YouTube or on a Facebook page than it does on valleyindie.org because you know, everyone's moved beyond an actual site. So I do respect a lot of these people and what they're doing. And it's amazing to me that Joe Blow and his family, you know, can start up a vlog, a video blog, and just post about their daily stuff and make it entertaining and sort of captivating, you know, it's... God bless them. And then they make a living off it, which just blows my mind. But a lot of these, the, the, the big, the popular guys on YouTube who, you know, they're, they're, they're a crutch. They're, they're whole, they're making money off kids watching their videos. And I guess I just wanted to, I just wanted to weigh in with my outrage because that's what we do. I, I just, I just wish YouTube as an organization would have some soul. And just pay attention a little more and, and try to put an editorial process in there of some kind where think a check and balance of some kind. Because we're all going to make mistakes. You know, I saw some other stuff on Twitter reacting to this. Can you, I mean, if my if when I was 22, if I had a daily video, 45 or 15 minutes a day of what I was doing, it would not be uh, something I would be proud of at all. And it would, in fact, it would, I probably would have never gotten any jobs uh, you know, doing what I was doing at 22. But there need to be, there's got to be some kind of counterbalance to this stuff. Uh, and I will note that it didn't involve kids or making money off kids or marketing towards children. So anyway, that's my, I guess, Tipper Gore diatribe. So now here's Dave Leonard talking about The Last Jedi. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Fake news, fake news alert. Actually, before Dave Leonard comes on to talk about The Last Jedi, please take a second, 30 seconds actually, to listen to a message from our sponsor, to whom we are very grateful for their support of this podcast. Visit valleygivesback.org. Then right after this message, bring on Dave. Hi, this is Eugene, most likely interrupting myself to bring you a message from our sponsor. What will you be remembered for? Adding a charity to your estate plan creates a legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you during your life. 
Learn more at valleygivesback.org. It's an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Plan now. Give later and impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. Now back to the show. Enjoy this Verizon ringback tone while your party is reached. This is his ringtone. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. What? All right, let's get into it. All right, so joining me on the computer, as promised, Dave Leonard of the podcast Two Dudes Talking Disney. Hello, Dave. Welcome to Naval Gazing. Hello, how are you? I'm doing all right, Dave. And I apologize uh, for doing this not in person, even though we live like within walking distance. But <laughs> I can look up. I can look out my window and see you right now. <laughs> my life's just a mess, so I'm uh, I'm not leaving my kitchen today uh, until two o'clock. But I mean, Dave, of all the people I know that are Star Wars fans, I think yep. Dave Dave is the 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 biggest fan. He's the most fanniest of 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 Star <laughs> Wars fans that that I've encountered, uh, and. He has like this uh, obsessive knowledge of Disney in general. So when the Star Wars world melded with the Disney world uh, a couple of years back, Dave knows everything there is to know about all this stuff. So he's beyond just your typical fan. I mean, we all have an opinion on the new Star Wars, but I think his value, his opinion holds more weight because he's so familiar with everything uh, involved in the whole Star Wars universe. So... And you're still doing the podcast, Dave. How's that going? It's good. It's uh, we don't we don't you know podcast as much as we like, but as you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if it was a paid gig, it would be a little bit more frequent. But uh, it's whenever Tony and I can get together to uh, to do our podcast, we do it. So yeah. it's uh, it's fun. It's enjoyable, as you know. I mean, you know, it's it's a little little stress relief, a little side thing to do. Exactly. And then in terms of the podcast and The Last Jedi, have you guys, and I apologize for not knowing this in advance, I could have done 30 seconds of research, but I, like I said, my life's a mess. <laughs> have you done The Last Jedi reaction on your podcast yet? Uh, we, ha- we actually have not yet. We have not. Uh, oh. With, with Christmas. Uh, yeah, so we're, you're beating to the punch here. Oh, man. Oh, this is good. I hope Tony doesn't mind. <laughs> he won't. He won't. All right, so let's talk about, I first wanted to ask you, to rate the movie on a star system, one being one to four, essentially one being uh, poor, two being fair, three being good, four being excellent. How would you rate the Last Jedi? I, I, I give it a, a you know three point six on, on the scale. Um, you know, I, I obviously as a, a fan of Star Wars, I enjoyed it. They, uh, you know, we did do the spoiler alert, right? We, what, we get everybody spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we should. We can't it's stress like, it enough. Just, just we can keep saying this whole podcast yeah. should just be spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's like Beetle. It's like Beetlejuice. You got to say it three times. For exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I, I, I liked, uh, 
I'll tell you what, I, I hit you with my 3.6. You know, I, I can tell you that uh, what I did not like about it, uh, there, was, there was pretty much two areas in particular I didn't like. I did not like the you, – you have seen it, correct? Yes, I have, yep. Okay. I did not, I did not like the Princess Leia floating through space scene. Uh, I'm, I have a feeling it was done to set up another scene in the next movie. Like my feeling is they wanted to give you that. Wow. She really is with the force and she's powerful. You know, she was able to survive out in space and pull herself back to the ship. Uh, but obviously with Carrie Fisher's death, we're never going to see that, that explored. Uh, that, that's my personal feeling about it. It was to set something up later where, you know, you're not like, holy cow, Princess Leia could use the force. I mean, we all know who her family is. She should be able to use the force. Hmm. So I, I just, I just wasn't a, a fan of that scene. But again, I think it was done to set something up later that will never come to fruition because of her death. Uh, and then the other thing I, I did not like was the storyline with the casino. Uh, hmm. I, I just, you know, uh, I, I was not a fan of the storyline with the casino. I think it could have been done other ways. Um, but it, it, it just, you know, for a, a movie that was that long, it was like you could have cut that and brought the movie down a little bit. Yeah, that was, I, I mean, with both your points, I agree with you 100%. I'll just say that. I don't want to cut in to what you're saying. But no. yeah, that, that whole canteen, or not cantina, the casino scene, it's it's it feels like it goes on for a half hour and it leads to nothing. It adds nothing right. I was I was shocked by uh, by that, and they're saving horses. There's like a you know adopt a dog type message in there, right. like you know yeah. support it, your local shelter, which is fine. But it was just it was so it was just kind of Frankenstein in there, crowbarred in there. It was weird. I uh, I so that that's kind of what I didn't like. Uh, and as you know, you know the the Rotten Tomato world. Uh, I believe the the score from Rotten Tomatoes is around ninety, but the fan score is like at fifty. And, you know, the funny thing about Star Wars fans is when The Force Awakens came out, they were, like, going to war because it was so much like A New Hope. Mm. And they were like, we, we want something totally different. And now this movie is kind of different. And now they're like, this is crazy because it's totally different. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's the the star, the pickiness of the Star Wars fan, you know, showing through um, on that. You know, there, there's the rumors out there that it was a, a hack job. Uh, you know, Rotten Tomato denies it, but uh, some internet sites point out that, that that it was done, you know, by somebody with an anti-Disney agenda. Uh, that obviously makes them my mortal enemy. Um, but, you know, it. I like I said, I, I think that the, the movie's getting a lot of hate from the diehard Star Wars fans. You know, there was an online petition to, to drop the story from the official Star Wars, you know, record. Yeah, now I read like, that. Come I, on, like... I, it, it, I read that. I, I saw the headline. They, they want to drop from canon, but like, but I didn't actually read any of the stories about that petition. It struck me as sort of ridiculous. Right. I, I, I and yeah. I tried to avoid reading about this movie at all before I saw right. it. But what was their basic so, complaint with the? Why did they want to drop from a, like being part of the uh, the canon? What was so? I didn't understand. What was so uh, offensive? I, 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 yeah, I don't. I don't see what was so offensive. And for those of you who are not the diehard Star Wars fans, I didn't want to use the terms, but but since you threw them out there. Uh, in the Star Wars universe, there's two realms. There's canon and legend. And uh, and Disney, when they purchased Star Wars from George Lucas, basically they wrote everything with the exception of the actual movies, some of the comic books, and the Clone Wars TV series as what they call canon, or that's true, that happened. 
and every other storyline is is uh, legend. Okay. Uh, so you know if you if yeah for those of you who are wondering what we keep saying we say canon and legend. Yeah, I actually um, used the term, but I didn't I didn't realize the correct. the whole legend yeah, part. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like, you know, if you bought books about Star Wars, with the exception of the newest books that came out, like Leia, Tarkin, uh, Empire's End, those are all those are all canon. But anything basically, any of the offshoots, Disney kind of just said that that's all legends. Those are not true. You know that they're separating it. Uh, so the the die they wanted to drop the film from canon. They wanted to make it a legend. So basically mm. saying that this film never actually happened according to the real history of Star Wars, and which was, is just crazy. I didn't. Was there one particular I, I scene, or hate. was there one particular scene or something they found particularly Co- distasteful? Collectively, the, okay. The, you know, just the the collective um, things. I, I I'll tell you the things I liked. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad they I'm glad they got rid of Phasma so quick. I thought Captain Phasma, and I know Steph's going to get mad at me because I'm going to throw Boba Fett under the bus here, but, uh, but Captain Phasma was like the Boba Fett of this trilogy. A lot of hype, kind of like a little bit of badassery. I don't know if I can say that, but... Uh, I but guess so. You day, just no did. Produ- <laughs> no no uh, production from the character, you know. Boba Fett is out there as this, like, bad... You know, I almost said it again. As this, like, you know, crazy villain. He's really a nasty guy. And he's in about 17 minutes of all the movies, and he gets knocked into a pit. Which uh, I'm you know, still Captain angry Fazzle about. Kind of the same thing. I'm still I'm angry they did of... that to, to Boba Fett. <laughs> I, that was 1980. I'm still angry at that. I saw it when I was 10 years old. <sighs> but uh, they did the same thing with Phasma. You know, they killed her off real quick, uh, which I was, I was happy with that. Uh, I was extremely happy to see Luke Skywalker and Yoda again on the big screen. I got a little misty there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually sitting in the, in the theater at the seat thinking if, you know, eight-year-old David Leonard knew that he was going to see Yoda and Luke together again, he'd be so happy right now. Mm. Um, you know, I thought that was really cool to bring to bring Yoda back in to kind of to realign Luke. Um, I thought the Kylo Ren, Ray mental telepathy thing. I still don't understand why Kylo was shirtless. Right, that um, was a weird but, scene. Hey, a buddy, like, a buddy of mine yeah. referred to that. I just want to throw this in there. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, this guy Matt Masto in my like side podcast, he referred to that. I don't know if it was he thought it up or if he read it somewhere. Uh, he, he referred to that as a force book. They were doing force book messaging <laughs> essentially. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, that, I actually got to say that was a little, you know, a little kooky, but I like the fact that it showed the connection, you know, Luke was able to have that with Darth Vader. Leia felt it with, uh, with Luke when the, you know, the original, the second Death Star exploded, you know, she was able to reach out through the force and feel that he was still alive. She felt it when Han died. So, you know, it's cool to see that. Uh, like I said, Yoda coming back was real cool. Uh, I, I thought the, the lightsaber duel in Snoke's chamber with uh, Kylo, Ray, and the, the guards mm-hmm. was probably one of the, the best scenes of a Star Wars movie. Uh, I was shocked as all heck when they killed Snoke. That was, yeah. Uh, you know, there's yeah. there's rumors out there that he's not dead, uh, you know, but, I mean, we saw him get chopped in, in three or four pieces. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought that was a crazy way. I did not expect the story to go that way. I thought he would be the villain looming large, uh, over Kylo. And, you know, Kylo's kind of really stepped up into the Darth Vader role. Um, I, I have to say though, out of everything that I liked, the one thing I, I loved the most was 
when they showed Luke, how powerful Luke was. Uh, and again, it ties back into the, the floating space scene with Leia. You know, if you, if you read the comics, if you read the, the, the legend stuff, you know, in one of the legends, uh, Luke was able to pull, a, a, you know, a, a superstar destroyer out of the sky and crash it into a planet when it attacked them. You know, the, the power that Luke had with the Force was just unbelievable. And you never really saw that in the, in the movies. You know, you never saw him project the Force in a way that made you, you know, holy cow, uh, up until now. I mean, the fact that he's able to, through the Force, pro- project himself as a, a living person and, and be able to move objects and, um, you know, that kind of stuff. I went back to see the movie a second time just because someone mentioned that when they're right before the final duel with the salt, you can see Kylo's footsteps, but you never see Luke's. Okay, there's a little I, hint I right there. Yeah, yeah I, heard I went back too. to go. I actually went back to go check it out. Uh, so you know, I, I thought that was probably one of the best scenes in a Star Wars movie when it comes to the power of the Force, and uh, you know what what it, what you could do with it. So you were okay with with and again this is a spoiler 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 of all spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> were, were you okay with like the resolution of uh, Luke Skywalker as a character? In that? I I don't you know I don't know I don't really get it like I don't get why he if he died he died or if he evolved like Yoda you know maybe we'll find that out in the next movie. Mm. Uh, but you know, it, you know, did he, did he evolve? Did he move on to the higher level of the force? You know, is he going to be there like a force ghost for everybody else? Uh, you know, so I, I mean, I kind of always thought that Luke Skywalker was going to go down in a blaze of glory. Uh, there's some, there's some Luke haters out there that are like, uh, I should say Luke haters, but some star Wars haters out there that are like, I don't agree with that whole thing. You know, Luke never would have ran and hide. It's not the Jedi way. Yet, you know, Luke was raised by Obi-Wan hiding on a planet who had to go visit Yoda hiding on a planet. Mm. So it was all right for them to go run and hide, but not Luke. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I just thought that the, that projection of the Force was really awesome. And, uh, you know, the, the I, I keep saying the rebellion because, uh, you know, that's what we called it, you know, right. out of the resistance. Yeah. Uh, but the resistance is in a lot of trouble. I mean, there's not many left. Uh you know, they're, they're, there's only a small band left, uh, and they're, they're hoping, you know, they never got their reinforcements, and that they're hoping for, uh, for a miracle here, and they barely escaped. Uh, I should say, in the, the category of, uh, I thought for sure Finn was dead when he was driving the, uh, the, the land speeder device towards the Imperial walkers. Right. I, I mean, he was going to crash in. I, I actually said, all right, you know, and at that point in the movie, they killed Phasma, they killed Snoke. You know, somebody's got to go. You know, I, I thought for sure it was going to be him. Uh, you know, that they, they, they pulled out at the last second there and he, and he lived. But, uh, you know, it was, it was good to see Chewie. It was good to see R2 and C-3PO. And that's it. They're it all that's left of the original now. It's like now they're, right. we're going to have a was, Star Wars movie with just those you, three. If they if they kill Chewie, that's it. I'm done. I'm never watching it well, again. I, I keep waiting. Uh. <laughs> I keep waiting. I want the Chewie the Chewie solo movie. You know, and I just want. I guess maybe yeah. he'll be in that one. But it's like I, I want them to give Chewbacca more to do in this movie. I mean, I, I don't. You know, he has his best friend killed in the last one, and he's sort of. Uh, right, I mean, I right. guess you want to see him rip somebody's arms. Yeah, off, you I want to like, like ch- this is Chewie going Rambo. I keep waiting for right. that. And I had problems. I got to tell you, I had problems with the. Uh, 
the whole, I mean, I like the fact that you know Luke Skywalker uh, was had become this hermit, sort of a cranky right. old man, and it keeps in the in yeah. the tradition of like the old kung fu movies from the seventies, right? That right. used to play yeah. like on uh, at least in New York on Channel Five on a Saturday. Because uh, it'd always be, you know, he'd be the master, and then the young student he, would go and be trained by this cranky old man. I, I, I was totally fine with that. I, it, I, the end there when he shows up, I couldn't get past the fact that he, he had, you know, his hair had been dyed and his beard had been dyed. I was just, yeah, he, he comes, he comes like walking out, and I guess, I guess, you know, I've been told since then. Well, that's you know, whatever when he projected himself, but the fact, and again, spoiler alert, he becomes a hologram. I'm kind of like, oh, wait a second. We have holograms. You can, like, a couple of years ago, didn't they put like Tupac Shakur on, on stage as a hologram? Right, and, right. <laughs> but somehow that, ha- that the greatest Jedi of all time, that drains him of all his power. I, I found that a little disappointing. But, but although I did like, uh, okay. I, I guess I wanted to see Luke, if he had been there, absorbed all that punishment. That punishment, right. And, and, just, you and know, then he just stood up and dusted his shoulder off. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a little much, but you know, I got what he was doing. He was sacrificing himself for so the alliance right, right. guys could get away. But I don't know. I guess it was. I just wanted him. I, I really didn't think he was he his character would disappear like that. I thought he would be in the yeah. next one because I guess I wanted to see the powerful Luke Skywalker just go nuts right. and, and wipe and out. We did, you know, we saw. Well, we didn't get like you know, we, we didn't it. we didn't get him though. He was so passive though. Like I, I mean, the, I thought like the best thing about Rogue One was we Darth Vader comes in at the end and you get to see and Darth Vader. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, and I thought I wanted. I guess I want to see uh, Luke Skywalker murder people. I guess that's uh, if I if right. I come right down to it. But it was cool because I always thought Luke Skywalker, like Mark Hamill as an actor in those first three movies. I hate to say it, but he's the weakest thing. He's kind of like he's got that like that stereotypical porn delivery of his lines, where he's like, "Hello, I am." Like right. he's so, and his voice is always cracking. Like in this movie, he was good. I thought like that was a Luke Skywalker yeah. I could believe because he was sort of aged right. and, and grizzled. I like him. You know, I I follow him on social media. He's he's funny. Yeah, he's great. Uh, you know, he he's he's great. You know what, too? He's tremendous to the fans. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, if you if you look, you know, recently he was at a hotel and they, they somehow someone found out he was in the hotel and a group of about 50 fans gathered and they were there all night. In the middle of the night, he went down and met them all and took pictures with them. Uh, you know, I did. I, I, I did have the pleasure of meeting him once. Uh, you talk about funny history. But in uh, in the late 80s, when uh, when President Bush Sr. ran against Michael Dukakis, uh-huh. um Michael Dukakis came to Sonia and spoke to everybody in front of City Hall. And his celebrity was Mark Hamill. And, uh, you know, obviously because we had access with the media, uh, we were able to get up to, to meet him. And, uh, and that you was know, your grandfather, was, if anybody doesn't so, listen. And yeah, he of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, you know, pots of Ed Cotter. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, I had no idea. Luke Skywalker was in Ansonia. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. So, wow. You that know, is totally and, uh, awesome. And so he was nice. You remember? I mean, you must have been you. I, I, yeah, we were little. We were little. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I just remember the fact that, you know, holy cow, it's Luke Skywalker, you know? Hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, well, I guess, you know, like I said, we, we got another movie coming. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have another movie coming. And when the next movie comes, we'll, we'll hopefully have our questions answered. You know, I don't buy the story that Ray's parents were nothing. 
Right. Uh, yeah. I think I think Kylo just said that to to, to hit her. Um, I don't, you know, but I also don't have a problem with you know the 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 Force is not if you if you take the whole Star Wars universe, the Force is not something that's like a birthright. It's not it's not genetically. It, it doesn't only come genetically. You know, if you mm-hmm. if you look at the Jedi, you know they the Jedi would scour the universe looking for. Uh, kids with high metachlorian counts. And if you go back to those movies, uh, um, you know, so it, it doesn't necessarily always something that's hereditary, if you will. You know, so the, the ending, I liked the kid. Uh, it's the only part I liked about the, the casino scene in the end was the, the slave kid after playing the rebellion and playing the battle with his friends, you know, he walked up and went to go start doing his chores and reached down and used the force to pull the broom towards. Oh, you I know, missed that. I, I, I didn't even that realize was, that happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So the, if you remember at the very end, they went back to the planet. I remember the, the kid. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize the, that he moved his broom. And they were playing. And, and as he walked outside, he stuck his hand out and, and used the force to draw the broom to himself. It's like that Whitney Houston so, song. You know, I, I believe the, the children are our future. Teach them well. Yeah, let them lead know? the way. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I mean, I... Personally, I would give it two stars. I I just thought it was. I saw okay. my I saw my seven year old Jack, and uh, <laughs> and I saw the Force Awakens with him, and we saw Rogue One together. This one, he was yep. bored, man. And I gotta admit, like, so it was long. It was too long. It was long. Yeah, it was it was very long. Yeah. And you know the the uh, you know the, the 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 time of the movie itself was just you know crazy. Like I said, I would have ditched the yeah that exactly the casino scene. They just needed to cut that and out. Then, uh, the whole Finn, yeah. Finn sh- could, shouldn't have been in the movie. He just should have stayed asleep the whole movie. Put him in the next one because right. he was uh, he was completely sort of wasted and it just added on. Although I did and love, I, I loved the Benicio Del Toro character. I thought he was awesome, but he was, I did. I, I, you know, unnecessary. I, I agree. I think at this point he was, uh, he was a little unnecessary. You know, again, I've said to my friends and to people who have, we have a long conversation about the movie that I would have put, you know, uh, his character on the uh, Resistance's ship right in the beginning, and then this way he could have still led him to the to the ship, but you could have cut the whole casino scene out. You could have yeah. kept his character, put him on the ship right in the beginning, and then had him say, like, hey, I can get you on the ship, and then when they get there, you know, be the traitor, because I, obviously I think he's coming back in the last movie. Yeah, and that makes... That would have made so much more sense, because the other thing that right. that, that whole plot line does to the movie... And it was really driving me crazy during the movie. And you know, when I when I walked out of it, I was like, "This was too long." And essentially, the framework, the like the, of the movie, is that there is a space race happening between the bad guys Correct. and the good guys. It's a car chase, but yeah. it's a slow motion car chase, right? Because the bad guys, they're <laughs> like, "We'll just wait for them to run out of gas," and then right, right. and then it becomes it's dragged on to the point where. Uh, this subplot it was like a video game where they have like a little mini mission yeah. there's the main mission but then yeah, you have yeah, to branch off right. here and yeah, if, the, they, if they had just yeah. combined that it would have been much more believable because i'm like wait a second it's it's star wars they never ran out of gas what are they using as fuel right. they never ran I mean, out of gas but then somebody somebody some pointed out to they, me what'd you say it again i said you're right you know if you look at some of the star wars fans complaints that's one of them like you know okay they, they literally brought it down to them running out of gas you know like Somebody pointed out to me, and I, I didn't realize that until uh, they did. I think it was that guy, Matt Maystow, or this guy, Pete Gurner, just to give correct uh, attribution. 
Battlestar Galactica, uh, when it came back on whatever it was, sci-fi, a huge, yep. a huge plot point of that movie of that of that show. I mean, of the miniseries and the TV show. I guess I can't remember which was that. Uh, you know, they would jump from space to space, from place to place, using a sort of hyperdrive thing, but they could only do it so much because they were running out of gas. Uh, and I was and like, I, I'll tell you, I I I thought an awesome uh, connection between movies was in the end of Rogue One when they're searching the Imperial files. Uh, they come across the pi- file that says hyperspace tracking. Oh and, no, you know, kidding! So, I told I did not. I did yeah, not, yeah. yeah. I that. When when you know Jane and, and uh, are in the 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 end, and uh, they're going through all the file names. One of the files she says is hyperspace tracking. So, you know, the the Empire has been working on hyperspace tracking for, you know. A while. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, right. It is. So for them to have it finally, you know, okay, like it was a good tie in between the movies. Uh, But yeah, I I guess, you know, we'll see our next questions answered in the final episode. Yeah, uh, and wait, you know, I, I want to ask and, uh, you one more thing, though. One more thing, and then yep. I'll let you go, because I know you you probably have a life to live and, and like <laughs> building fires to put out, literally. Uh, <laughs> how do you rank this? Now, rank the, the, the newest three movies, uh, Force Awakens, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi. Rank them uh, in terms of uh, one, uh, two, and three. The problem, I, the problem I have is I don't, I follow the official, you know, Disney protocol, <laughs> and I don't put Rogue One into... The, the the linear sequence of the trilogies. Uh, I think Rogue One was the best of the three. Okay, but it's an, but it's an offshoot. You know what I mean? It, it is. It's a one with an asterisk. Not, you know, okay. Yes, it's one with an asterisk. Very good. It's uh, it's one with an asterisk, and then I think that the uh, the, I like this one better than the Force Awakens. Wow. So I did. I did, and it's, it's just me. Call me crazy, but I did. Wow. Well, I mean, every hardcore fan I've talked to, and you're the one, two, three, fourth I'm one. The, really. I'm the exception. They, well, no, no, no. Every hardcore fan that I've talked to has said the same thing. I liked Force okay. Awakens more, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought you, because I remember talking to you when the Force Awakens came out uh, twice, yeah. and I yeah. just, I, I just, wow. Okay, that's that's. Hey, yeah. opinions are opinions. But uh, so we got we got the last episode. Then on, I think it's May 25th. We have the Star Wars story, a uh, Han Solo movie, which. Uh, you know, there was a lot of problems with, uh, they, they fired the director, brought Ron Howard in, they reshot, yeah. uh, the overwhelming majority of the movie. Uh, there's rumors out there on the internet that, that Disney's actually preparing to take a loss on this movie. Uh, they're, they're expecting it to bomb. Um, I, I think I hate to say it, but I think that the star Wars fan won't let the movie bomb because they're still all going to go see. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go know, see he, it. And I've, I've read those uh, same. Right. I, I'm expecting it to be bad based on the fact, I mean, just, right, I'm not, right. I'm not a Ron right. Howard fan. You bring in Ron Howard. That guy makes the most vanilla homogenous movies imaginable in my I, opinion. I, I'm like, right. You know, it is, it is, again, it is a, a weird directing choice for a star Wars movie. But then again, when rogue one was done, there was a lot of problems. People said it was going to bomb. They brought him in and reshot a ton of the movie. And now, like we just said, we think it's one of the better Star it's, Wars movies. It, made. Yeah, it worked there. And I guess like Ron Howard, you know? he's like a he's a, you know when it comes down to it, he's like a he he's a worker. You know, he'll just get it done. He'll right, he'll go right. in and finish the movie. Man, I guess probably it needed that. Uh, but yeah, right. there's no way that's going to bomb financially because even people like me right, right. will go see it. So it's become that's one right. thing. These movies now. You know, now it's a Christmas tradition every year. I'll, it'll, I'll right. take my son every single year to, until he 
tells me to 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 get lost and to go see these movies. This one's coming out in May. Yeah, no, that's a, yeah. I guess come out in May. They're, so they're they're trying the summer they're, they're, waters there. I guess that right, makes sense. Right, right. You know, but uh, you know, and I, and I will say this though: one of my all-time favorite Star Wars movies, which no one gives credit for, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, is Fanboys. Have you ever seen that? No, no, I don't think I have. All right, is, so uh, everybody listening right now, probably. Huh? It was a lower budget uh, film from from years ago. It, it stars some of the original cast. Princess Leia's in it. Uh, Billy Dee Williams is in it. Uh, there's a surprise Star Trek crossover. But it's basically the story of a group of friends that grew up on Star Wars. And they're huge Star Wars fans in the 90s. And one of them uh, gets diagnosed with terminal cancer. And they make a cross-country journey to break into George Lucas's house and see and steal the first copy of The Phantom Menace. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, like I said, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a low-budget film. Uh, there's some, you know, there, there's, uh, it, it, it plays on the Star Wars-Star Trek rivalry, but it is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I, I think if you haven't seen that, uh, you know, you should definitely look for it. It's called Fanboys. Uh, it's not a very long movie, maybe like an hour and a half, two hours tops, but they, uh, you know, it is, I think it's worth it. And I think anybody out there who's a fan of Star Wars will watch it and appreciate it because, you know, it is our culture. It's in, I mean, mm. you know, Amelia, we're playing Star Wars already. Amelia's BB-8. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, and it is as much as to my wife's dismay, you know, Amelia's deep into Star Wars already, you know, uh, for, for, She's got her, her Star Wars toys and her lightsaber and, you know, dad buys her Star Wars shirts, but it, it's, it's our culture. Star Wars is as much of our culture now as anything. Yeah, and it's important uh, to point that out because yeah. as much as, like, maybe I pick apart and I give it a two-star rating, but it's like, compare. I'm, I'm, I'm judging it to such a high standard uh, you know, right. it's better than 90% of the, I mean, I think it's, in my opinion, it's better than any of those Avenger feature movies that come up. Like, I think those are, right. you know, it's, it's a, in and of itself, it's a good movie. I'm just holding it to a higher standard, but it's like, I mean, and that's to be celebrated. The fact that they, after those prequels, the fact that they're putting out high quality movies that, that are, right that, that, that obviously respect the whole uh, Star Wars universe and what it means to to all of us is very cool to right. see. So you know, and it's, yeah, it's good Disney point. banking big on it. They they with this movie they made their money back, so they paid four billion for Star Wars from from Lucas, and they uh, they by you know the the if you add everything up, Disney's made their money back. Hey, uh, and they're they're banking on Star Wars. They're building the Star Wars lands and the in their theme parks. Uh, you know, so if you go down there now, you know, Hollywood Studios is becoming a mini Star Wars park. And, uh, you know, the, the Disneyland in California is getting their Star Wars land. And the Disney Cruise Lines run Star Wars stuff. So it's, you it's know, here it's to a big profit-making machine for, for Disney. And it's obviously not going anywhere. And then just finally, Dave, and, and, and uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm just wondering for your reaction. The uh, There's a, a Netflix show that came out within the last couple of weeks called, called The Toys That Made Us. Have you... The toys that made us. I, I, it's on my my Netflix watch list. Your cue. Uh, okay. Yeah. The all right. Is, as, as, yeah, as, as you know, right now, uh, whatever you put on Netflix, I have to watch Princess Sophia. Right. Stuff in there, like uh, you know, 
I, I sometimes Spirit. I look in the mirror and I say to myself, you're the adult. We're not watching Paw Patrol tonight. Oh, God. But- yeah, I feel your pain. <laughs> I've, oh, I've sat through Spirit. And actually, the one thing, my daughter, she's four, and now she's gone from uh, like the, the, all the, the Netflix and Doc McStuffins. Suddenly, she's into the Aquabats, which is actually a, was, was this great show that was only on for like two seasons. It's very yeah, much like yeah. this. You know it? Okay, it's like the 60s Batman. So I'm, I'm, sort yeah. of, I'm sort of content. I'm like, all right, yeah, we'll put on the Aquabats. All right, yeah, yeah, I found season two and bought it. Yeah, so yeah, it's but fun. when I mean, and, and go it's ahead, something we share with our kids, you know, like I, I go to see the Star Wars movies with my father and brother. Yep. And you know, I can remember going to see Return of the Jedi with my my father, my brother, my uncle. Uh, you know, I remember all going to see it, and you know, I can't wait to take Amelia uh, to, to a Star Wars movie. And, and you know, we took her to Star Wars Night, the Sound Tiger game. She she was more interested in the stormtroopers and the droids roaming around in the hockey game, but. You know, uh, it is, like you said, it's something we, we've now shared with generations of our families. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Dave. Hey, just totally All unrelated right. totally unrelated to this, yeah. and I promise this is my last question. When's the Derby Fire <laughs> Department doing their uh, installation of the uh, the new officers? It won't be until next year. We do every, uh, it, the Chiefs are every two years. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay, I mean, I kind of realized yeah. that, but I didn't realize. Uh, All right, so it's only been yeah, a year. All right, so that, I will just edit yeah, this part no, out. Yeah, no problem. But uh, all right, that's, that's good it. to know. I, uh, uh, other than that, thanks for the call. I'm you know anytime you know I you know I enjoy this. Yeah, uh, yeah, same here. So anything I can do to make my wife roll her eyes and think I married a nerd. <laughs> awesome. I will. I will happily uh, help in that endeavor. <laughs> all right, Dave. Happy New Year. Thanks so all much. Right, Happy New Year. I'll see you later. Take care. All right. So that was uh, Dave Leonard of two dudes talking Disney and just a, a Star Wars fan and a Derby guy uh, with deep roots in the Naugatuck Valley. Um, thanks again, Dave, for coming on the podcast. So that pretty much wraps it up. Now that we're at the end of this thing, I felt like, uh, should I just cut out my Logan Paul rant at the beginning of this podcast? I don't know. I feel like that's just me uh, blabbing on and on and on because uh, I was worried that maybe Dave and I couldn't carry on like a lengthy conversation uh, about The Last Jedi, so I kind of did that intro as insurance, uh, and also just to say as much as possible, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So I don't know, maybe that'll be here, or maybe that'll be a lost episode. In any event, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, This podcast is available on iTunes, we're on SoundCloud, we're on YouTube, valleyindie.org, top of the page, Naval gazing if you want to listen to past episodes. I've noticed our traffic and stuff and hit counts and stuff like that is dwindling a little bit on this podcast. So uh, please give us suggestions as to how we can improve or what you want to hear. Do we take this podcast and just make it into a Facebook live thing to get more people, to get more attention? Uh, If you like this podcast, please share it. That makes a huge difference. We are an online newspaper. So just one share or one like, if you see this on Facebook or you put this on Twitter, exposes it to more people and helps us. So with that being said, this is Eugene Driscoll, and uh, I guess I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks.